Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Upon their first visit, Joseph did not reveal his identity to them. Rather, he gives them enough corn to merely survive for a short period of time. And after just a small while, this corn was consumed and they find themselves needing more. And this is the scripture that I read to you. After they had eaten all the corn, they had to return and go back and ask for more. I find this part of the story very interesting because they had other forms of food available to them according to the word of God. Clearly in verse 11 it says they had fruit, they had honey, almonds, and spices, and they even had money. But there's one thing that they did not have, they did not have corn. Corn was a staple for their diet. It was fundamental to their existence. It was necessary for their survival. Spices, myrrh, balm, honey, and almonds, these were luxury item, items. They were extra amenities, if you will. Uh, that was really something that was a luxury before the famine began. But now corn was a need that they had that in order for them to survive, they had to be able to obtain. Isn't it interesting that over the past few weeks, how our terminology here in America has changed so dramatically. Phrases like social distancing were things that were foreign to us, but over the last little while, it's became far too familiar. And then the whole idea of what is essential. There are certain businesses that have been allowed to remain open because they are deemed essential. And essential has a whole new meaning to us today. Luxuries do not carry the same value that they did just a few weeks ago. Economies have been turned upside down. And uh, what is essential, uh, those things have skyrocketed in their value. Things that a few weeks ago were taken for granted suddenly they are of renewed importance to you and I. We see another spiritual example of this in the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 15, with the prodigal son. He was a young man that had all of his needs met. He lived in abundance. He lived with all of his needs satisfied. He was safe. He was secure. He had peace of mind. But he left these essentials because he desired a more extravagant life. However, when the famine came to the land that he had joined himself to, uh, the Bible tells us that a simple thing like bread was something that he hungered for and desired more than anything else. Jacob instructed his son in the story of our text 
to take the best of the land, the best that they had to offer, and see if they could trade that or use it to barter for obtaining something that they desperately needed. In other words, the best that they had was not sufficient. The best that they had was not enough to satisfy. They were hungry for something more. And sadly, it took a crisis for them to come to this realization. They needed more in order to survive. Perhaps there's someone that is listening this morning that you're in the same situation. Just a few weeks ago, you thought you had all that you needed. You thought all that life uh, uh, that you needed to see it satisfied and, and to survive, all of those things were within your ability to obtain. But we, we realize that through this crisis that possessions that we may have had don't offer us peace. We had things, but we didn't have since, uh, serenity. We had a lot of stuff in life but not true joy. We had collected a lot of things, but we need the comfort of God. And now you feel the effects of famine. In a matter of days, our world has been turned on its ear. But God, the Bible says, led Jacob in his search to the right place, the place where he could find the things that he needed. Because the scripture indicates to us that Egypt had storehouses that were full. Jacob may have felt lonely. He may have felt forsaken. He may have felt forgotten. But he didn't realize God was getting ready to reveal himself powerfully to him. Because in just a couple of chapters, the Bible tells us that Joseph made himself known or revealed himself to his brothers. He let them know who he actually was and that God had sent him ahead of them to Egypt to prepare and to save them. He told them to tell his father three specific things that I want to talk about here this morning and I think is very important for us to be reminded of today. He said, the first thing that I want you to tell my father is I want you to tell him that I am alive. Folks, there's no greater time to receive a revelation of a living God than in a time of crisis. Jacob had been deceived by these same brethren of Joseph, thinking that Joseph had been killed, had been destroyed by an evil beast. They had brought a bloody garment to him, and he assumed that Jacob's life had been taken. And he had lived in this deception now for many, many years. And perhaps he had lived uh, in a situation where he thought that there was absolutely no hope and that Jacob was unable to help him. And perhaps there's somebody listening to me here this morning that you've lived for some time in the grip of the devil's deception thinking there is no God. There is no hope. 
There is no peace in this world. But the crisis is going to uncover something in your life. It's going to reveal to you that there is a God that is in control. And there is a God that cares for each one of our needs. And there is a God that is able to help us during these desperate times. And so I just want you to remember that He is alive. And He is active. And He is able to help us. He's able to hear our prayers. He's able to respond to us when we call out to Him in faith. He knows our needs here this morning. And more than that, He's able to do something about meeting those needs. Our God is able. Amen. He said, I want you to tell Him that I am alive. And then, secondly, I want you to tell my Father who has lived in famine now for a period of time, that feels all alone and feels powerless, I want you to tell Him that I am governor over all the land of Egypt. In other words, I am in a position of authority. I have the power to help Him. I have the power to provide for His needs. And I can make a difference in His life. Can I tell you today, not only is God alive, but He's interested in helping you. And He has the power. He has the strength. He has the ability to provide. He has the ability to answer prayer. He has the ability to heal. He has the ability to protect. He has the ability to strengthen you and give you peace in your mind. Whatever the need is today, not only is He alive, He doesn't just stand in the distance. He doesn't just look down on the affairs of man in an aloof way, but He is willing to get active in our lives. He is willing to come to where we are and minister to our needs and work in our situations. I want to remind you that He has the power. He is in a position of authority and He is able to help each one of us. He said, I want you to tell Him that I'm the governor of all the land. I have the authority. I have control of the storehouses of Egypt and I am able to supply the need. And then I want you to tell him this and this is one of my favorite parts of this story. He said, I want you to tell him to come unto me and tarry not. Tell him to come unto me and tarry not. Go tell Jacob, my father who has been in famine, who's been in a dry place, who's been feeling lonely, engulfed in worry, experiencing despair, thinking things are entirely hopeless. I want you to tell him to come unto me. I want you to tell him that he doesn't have to stay in despair. I want you to tell him that he doesn't have to stay in the midst of his anxiety and his worry. You tell him that he doesn't have to stay discouraged and despondent, but he can come from wherever he is and however far he is away. He can come unto me and I will meet his need. Jesus gives us a similar invitation in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. What the Lord is telling us there and maybe even foretelling during this particular time was that the rest was the Holy Ghost that was to come. He said once you experience the Holy Ghost, you're going to have rest even in a world of turmoil, even in a world of chaos, even in a world that is in despair. You can have rest and peace peace of mind and assurance and comfort during that time. And your burdens, I will lift them and I will help you carry them. 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse 7 instructs us to cast our cares. One translation of the word cares is anxiety. Cast your anxiety. Cast your cares. Cast your worries upon him for he cares for you. He is concerned for your need. He is able to meet you at your point of need. And he's able to take care of the situations of our life. If you're hurting, if you're heavy hearted, if you're worried, if you're fearful, come to Jesus. He said, I want you to tell him to come unto me. He doesn't have to spend another lonely night. He doesn't have to live in famine another day. He doesn't have to be there in that place feeling all alone and by himself. He can come where there's plenty. He can come and partake of the storehouses that I have provided for him because I have control and I have authority over those things. I want him to come unto me. And I like this part. He said, tarry not. In other words, don't wait. Don't don't procrastinate anymore uh don't don't wait until the problem grows worse but right now while the invitation is given without hesitating one more moment don't don't put it off another day don't think well i can survive a little while longer i can live on what i have another day but right now While there's an invitation, while there is an opportunity, come unto me and tarry not. And the Bible says that these sons at the direction of Joseph went down to where Jacob, who was renamed by God, Israel. And we know that 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 name was a name that God gave him that had specific significance Because he would be the prince. He would be the leader of God's people. From his loins would come a great nation that had been promised to his forefather Abraham. And so they came down to him and delivered him the message. They told him, I know that you saw the bloody garment and you assumed that Joseph had died I know that we, we allowed you to live in that lie for all of this time. But I'm going to tell you that we have visited him. And he is in fact alive. And more than that, he is the governor of all the land of Egypt. He has storehouses there plenty, And you can come and partake of them. And he wants to sustain you in your time of need. 
And then he told us, Father, to let you know that you need to come now and you don't need to tarry. You don't need to wait. There needs to be no procrastination. You don't need to hesitate in the least. You need to make your way to where he is now because he is able to meet our needs. The scripture says, sadly, that when they told, they told this message to Jacob, that that he believed them not because his heart fainted. These same young men had lied to him in times past. And so the message coming from them was perhaps difficult for him to believe. And his heart fainted. And the Bible says that it wasn't something that he didn't, of course, want to believe. There was nothing that he wanted to believe more for how much he had missed his son Joseph. This was a boy that was special to him. How much he longed to be in the presence of Joseph again. How much he wanted to embrace his son again, Joseph. But he believed them not and his heart fainted. But suddenly looked out on the horizon and he saw dust clouds forming in the sky behind some wagons that would be, was being pulled in his direction. And the scripture says that when he looked, when they come close enough for him to see, and he saw the gifts that were mounted on those wagons from Joseph, that suddenly the heart of Jacob was revived. And I want you to notice the transition that takes place in this language in scripture. It says, and Israel said, And Israel said, it is enough. As long as he doubted, as long as he lived in unbelief, as long as as he believed the deceptive lie of the enemy that Joseph was not alive, he reverted back to his old nature, Jacob. But when he believed the word of God, the Bible says there was a transformation that took place. And he stepped into his role that God had given him. And his purpose that God had given to him. And Israel said, it is enough. I want to tell a world that is wondering what tomorrow holds. I want to tell a world that the future is uncertain. I want to tell a world that is now reeling in in confusion. I want to tell you that God is still enough. I want to tell you that our Savior is still enough. His mercy is still enough. His forgiveness is still enough. What what was done on the cross for our salvation and that He bled, He shed His blood for you and I so that we could be saved and cleansed from sin. That's still enough. There's still power in the cross. He still has the authority over sin. And He's still able to meet our needs today. As they begin to sing, I want to encourage you that God is available. God is accessible. Really, if we'll lift up our voices to Him and cry out to Him, He'll hear us right where we are. If you're listening today and you have a need, you'd like the church to pray with you 
Call our offices at 903-794-6201. Church family, I want you to know we love you and we're praying for you. Keep the faith. God is in control.